Gentlemen. Yes. The Big Play Reef Log Show is brought to you by ShackNews.com. Shack News is the place to be for all your gaming needs with news, guides, walkthroughs, and reviews. And check out their newest Shack Chat, where their staff discusses the greatest handheld gaming devices of all time. And remember, you can join in on the conversation and customize your feed using the Shack News Cortex and Shack News Reader. And they do more than just video games over at Shack News, so be sure and check out their Shack Pets app to view, upload, and vote on the cutest pet picks. So if you're a gamer, Shack News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Check News and at ChuckNews.com. It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world, the Big Play Report Show. I'm host Big Play Dave alongside Chris McNeil and Nick Padone, and we are out of time. Thanks for <laughs> Chris, how you doing, man? Took us a long time to kind of get through that, didn't it, Dave? Hey, you know what? We worked through it. We battled through it. We made it. Just like the Cavs tonight. Trying to the Cavs are kind of storming back here a We're little bit. are storming back. Down by seven on my screen. I don't know what they are on your screen. It seems like we yep. all are at a different time, but fourth That's- quarter, nine minutes left. Let's go Cavs. Chris, that Mark Price shirt looks looks awesome. Pretty sweet, huh? Thanks to JV or GV Art. Fabulous stuff once again from them. Heck yeah. Good What's stuff. What's going on, guys? How are you? Nick, you were just talking about uh we were watching the Cavs, got an Oculus. Look at that, man. Video games with so believe, uh, Yeah, believe it or not, I hit up Shaq News about three days ago, looked up some VR reviews. Was kind of always into it, but definitely wanted to just get one, read a little bit more about it. Went to Shack News. They got a ton of VR, like, info on there, on, like, the systems themselves, on the games, on all of it. It pretty much just said, get one. So I went on Amazon and I got one. Good work. That's a good job organically working in the sponsors here. Hey, I did. I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Well done. It's like Paul Harvey here. You can't tell when it's content and when it's actually a commercial. You have no idea who Paul Harvey is, do you, Nick? The name actually sounds a lot more familiar than Ricky Henderson. He invented the Oculus. All right, tonight on the show, we're going to kick it (laughs) off with Power Rank. uh, Power Rank Monday. We're going to we're going to change the name of that, by the way. I think of Power Rank Monday. Yeah, think of some some cooler names. That just Power. include Power Rank and don't include Monday. Power Rank uh, Cleveland. All right, we'll we'll work on it. Then on to our featured interview with stand-up comic 
Clevelander out on the West Coast, Jason Lawhead joining the show. He's going to be at Hilarities this coming Sunday, 7 p.m., where kind of where it all started for him. Hilarious dude. Check out that here in the next probably seven minutes or so. Uh, after that, we're doing Cavs Trivia, who wants to be a billionaire. Had a winner last week, took home a case of Labatt and a GV art shirt. Probably went and got that Mark Price shirt. Uh, hopefully giving away those Labatt blue lights and some GV gear. Then it's on to Cleveland Sports Headlines. Giving away a Wyatt Teller signed 8x10 photo. The Mauler. Uh, then we'll get into the best and worst tweets of the week and call it a show. There Let's were some gems, out. too, by the way, <laughs> this week. I can't wait until we get to that segment. <laughs> Let's kick it off power rank. It's time for Power Rank Monday. All right, so the Cavs put this out there, sent out a tweet. There's some new ice in the locker room. Only right that Isaac Okoro was the first recipient of our new junkyard dog chain. Let him know. Look at that chain. Should have put that up. Nick, I will 3D print you a chain so you can wear it on the show. If you 3D print me a chain, I will 1,000% wear it on the show. <laughs> so JB started this new tradition rewarding the most tough, scrappy, hard-nosed player each game. So we're going to power rank biggest junkyard dogs in Cleveland sports right now. Who we put in on this list of top three? Do you almost think that's a little trademark infringement with their friends not too far down the road, the Cleveland Browns? Right. Dog yeah, pound, the dogs. I don't know. What's the the chain called? The GV made for them. Turnover chain. The turnover chain. Yes. Original name. You know, Akron does a turnover pencil. It's like this giant pencil, and if you get because they're student athletes first, so they oh, get to hold like this gigantic pencil after a turnover. And I don't think Akron's won a football game in two years or so. So it's there hasn't many. been. Cincinnati, didn't the Bearcats have like a hoop where they dunked? Was that a pencil? A turnover pencil, I swear. Look it up. What do you do with it? I, I think they just held it. That is so weird. They're, they're yeah, never number two pencil. Wow. Blackened in some ovals on the sideline. All right, so who are we put in on this list? Names that come to mind. I would obviously I current, current players. Yeah, Got to be current players. Who is the scrappiest, hard nosed, toughest players? On our Cleveland teams right now, Miles Garrett. Yep, that was going to be my number one as well. Uh, I mean, across multiple sports now, after we saw from All Star Weekend. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, who else? Jared Allen. I think staying with the Cavs. Yeah, play inside. Okay. For Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. No, not buying Jared Allen. What about Baker or Jarvis? Both playing hurt for the year. And telling oh. you all about it, by the way. <laughs> That's true. Is that I was hurt, Chris. Chris, chain? Chris, well, but... Chris, I was hurt all year, and you didn't hear a peep from me. That's exactly now right. where I'm making a big peep about it. 
Oh man. Yeah, I guess you gotta if you're if you're hurt, you have to play well for to get into the power ranks. So you also can't self report out. It's like self glossing a nickname. You can't really self report injury like that. <laughs> I'm hurt. I, I don't know. Oh, All right. Man. So we're we're leaving them out. What about Nick Chubb? Yeah. Yeah. He's, I don't he's, know. He was checking himself out of games a lot at the end of the year. Yeah. But he's kind of the epitome of keep your mouth shut and get Correct. it done on the field yeah. type of yeah. guy. Yeah. What about Jose Ramirez? Yeah. Yeah, you can make a case. The whole helmet thing, I think there's a little bit of a like junkyard mentality to that. Where Big you're, like, hustling to, so to wearing the helmet on your head so that it falls off every time yeah. you're on the bases. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he kind of He's got the swag, on. man. He, yeah. he, he does. He, he can pull it off, too. He's on my list. Here's a sleeper. Um, Josh Naylor. Remember, he would make like a mess yes. out of himself in the outfield, mostly yes. just because he was a bad outfielder, but he'd be on the ground more than he was on his feet. Plus, he looks like a softball he's the, player. Yeah, he's, he's, he's that guy. Right, How about all time? I was thinking all time, too. So if you're going to go any time in history, Cleveland sports or otherwise. Oh, Joe wow. Thomas. Yeah, you got to have Joe Thomas. Absolutely. On this, right? And Verizal. Verizal, there's a good one. Yep. How about going to Ohio State? How about Aaron Craft? Yeah. Wow. That's it. That's the list. Well, that's see, the no, because if you're going to go Aaron Craft, you got to go Delhi. Delhi had yeah. to get IV'd yeah. after yeah. 2015, was it? But Aaron Craft was Delhi before Delhi. Do you remember Delhi? They were going to make a documentary or a. Uh, not a a Disney movie. What a happened Disney with movie? that? Oh, Out I forgot about Australia. That. Yeah. What so happened with that? COVID. Sure. They just have Deli on the show. He's doing a podcast. He'll come on. Is he? Dude, I've tried. Deli's not easy. Not as easy a get as you think. How about Albert Bell? Scra- scrappiest? I don't know. Scrap. I mean, do you think junkyard Hard dog? Hard dog. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. I mean, he is a junkyard dog. I with mean, like the was... point into the bicep and yeah, yeah. I mean. Hardcore, right, Eric, so active Turner, Eric Turner. Let's, let's go. Jose Ramirez, Miles mm-hmm. Garrett, in no particular order, and I would say Okoro over Allen, but we can go with Allen if you'd like. A no majority Steve vote. No Steve A. Love. Steve, uh, oh, Steve wow. a, you, you got to fight once in the year. <laughs> it's true. been a while. It's been a while. It's been a little while. How about All Machine right, Gun okay. Kelly? No, you can wear that ice. Jose, Miles, and Okoro are agreed. <laughs> agreed. All right, all time. Joe Thomas. Who else? How, how about a dark dark horse here? How about Jason Kipnis? No, dirtbag. Dirt I mean, dirtbag. Yeah. He put in the work. You know. Yeah, you know? I guess. What about Clevenger? <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to looking for my government, government name, yeah. <laughs> still looking oh, for my government man. name out there. They yeah. give us baseball cards, which we love to play. All right, let's ask our guest what he thinks. Right. Scrappiest, hard-nosed player of all time in Cleveland. It is time for our featured interview. Check him out at Hilarities Sunday, 7 p.m. Back where it all started. It is interview time. All right, we've got stand-up comic co-host of the Browner and Lawhead on 1090 AM in San Diego. The man, Jason Lawhead, welcome back to the show, brother. How you doing? 
Hey, good, man. Good to be back. I actually was kind of bummed I was coming in. I was enjoying what you guys were uh, going on. I'm like, no, just keep keep going after it. I was, I was, I loved where you guys were branching off. All right, get get into it with us all time. The Aaron Kraft was a good call. Yeah, see, yeah. love the Aaron Kraft. I and everybody else hates Aaron Kraft. That's the best part about Aaron Kraft. Really, it, it really is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, good to be back, man. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's uh, always fun, man. I love following you guys and what you guys do for, uh, you know, the show. For anybody that's from Cleveland, that whatever, even if people don't like watch these types of things or do or, or get into this kind of stuff, podcasts or podcasts or anything or shows, they were from Cleveland and they watched one episode of what you guys do. They would be tickled. So it's fun. It's awesome. Look at that. The love right out of the gate. <laughs> Best guest ever, Dave. I mean, right there. That's right. Right to the top of the list. I feel like Jason's one of our Cavs uh, trivia contestants. He's trying to butter us up so we give clues. But... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's always an ulterior motive. I'm just enjoying that Cavs ride, man. I'm not going to criticize a thing. I am just so – I'm having a little red wine right now. I'm just, ha- I'm just uh, so um, pumped at what is happening with this team and how the city and the fans are taken to it. And uh, I mean, it's so fun to watch all the different personalities and characters and even the ups and downs. I mean, they lose Rubio, they go get Rondo early in the trade deadline period, then go and attack and get Levert. I mean, I'm just as a basketball guy, deep down at heart, um, and being a guy that was in high school during the time that Price and Doherty had the, the, their run with the Lenny Wilkins era and all that, to see this kind of team be like that kind of team is really cool. How long do you think we get to ride with that? With like, you know, because we went into this season with zero expectations like Vegas, like what, 26 wins. Sure. How long could we ride the just the fun drinking the red wine? You look like LeBron, by the way, drinking that red wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking mine Italian, old Italian guy style, and just like that little, yeah, I don't, I don't have the fancy glass. I have the little Italian cafe. Drink it like the old Mediterranean fellas do. <laughs> well, you're out there in like, California. Ride this. I think that there's great possibilities. I think uh, Levert and the ability to possibly go long term with him, um, even if you can't hold Sexton down because there's too good of a uh, an opportunity to get something else and kind of ride with Garland and try to keep the pieces of a roster together. I think a lot has been told since, you know, I mean, the breakup of kind of the Golden State Durant breakup and, and that kind of that all-star team. I think what teams have shown and, and what successful teams have shown in the last few years is, um, especially as LeBron ages out, KD is at a still high level, but he's going to be close to where we're saying KD don't have it like KD has it anymore. He's only a few years from that, even when he's going to still be producing. Um, Teams went out and got roster built. Really good competitive teams got roster built. And, um, you know, I think the Cavs are in that scenario with the Phoenix Suns and, and the, you know, yeah, they have Devin Booker and Chris Paul. They've got a couple of big names, but when one of those guys are hurt or guys go down and, and those guys are hurt. They're built around. They're they're built to ninety to a hundred points around that, and they're also built to holding teams to ninety five, a hundred, hundred and five points um, with all the other pieces that they have because they can go out and they're prepared 
and they're built. And, and I think you're seeing more teams, really good teams. I think a lot of teams, it took Milwaukee a little time, um, uh, and they won a championship. The Heat got to a, a bubble finals with kind of doing that over. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting. The Heat and the Cavs, uh, post-LeBron in the era of him kind of getting to that age of, yeah, he still puts up big numbers, but at what cost? Uh, and um, I love it. I think they're built for a couple more exciting years. And it's a, it's a rough East, but I think there's a lot of teams out there right now that on any given just match up or how it goes. Anybody can beat anybody in a seven game series right now. If, if Brooklyn has KD at a hundred percent, they're the toughest team to beat. No doubt they they are a considerable favorite in the East, but if he's not a hundred percent and other guys are down when he comes back in and, and they're just trying to, you know, everybody's, I think everybody's got a chance to beat anybody out of that big grouping of, you know, Philly, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, um, Chicago, maybe even throw in there. I, yeah. I think that they're probably maybe a couple of deficiencies, maybe away from being a great seven game series team. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Cavs are in good shape. Jason, <laughs> you're out there and you're out there in California. How are people out there kind of taken to some of the LeBron flirting with Cleveland that's been going on these last couple of weeks or so? Well, you know, I, you probably may have seen some highlights uh, just last night that the crowd's getting at these guys and they're getting at LeBron and they're kind of giving up on the Lakers in the sense that they're seeing, you know, the Laker band vibe. And I, I work with a few guys in the radio biz uh, out here that are Laker guys. And we're, we're, we're Laker, you know, even though we're San Diego, we're Laker and, and Clipper because they're at least notable to talk about centric. But people love the Lakers out here. People think the people – love the Browns in Cleveland. Let me tell you something. People love the Lakers out here in in Southern California, especially in the LA area. And once they get into being a Laker fan, Laker basketball is year round more than Cleveland football is year round. Wow. You know, the talking heads. Oh, it's, it's always year round. And um, you could, the day after the Super Bowl, the Rams won a Super Bowl and they're still at the, people chomping at the bit to talk Lakers at the top. No kidding. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. They'll give the Rams their due, but yeah, they can't wait to get into what's wrong with the Lakers. And it's always (laughs) either what's wrong with the Lakers or man, our Lakers are great. Did you see the Lakers last night? And if they're, when they're in that situation, I've lived out here long enough from even the tail end of Kobe and and his two titles and, Mm -hmm. and uh, into this LeBron area. And they love to just soup it up when, when all's good. And they love to just, Oh my God, what is wrong with the Lakers? You know, it's like, uh, so, you know, they're as bipolar with that, like as Stephen A. Smith is, you know? So, uh, <laughs> that, but yeah, man, I mean, Laker fans are fed up and, you know, uh, here you go. But like I told my radio partner, uh, John Browner, we were talking about it and I go, you know, everybody's in like, you know, they're, they're still amazed at what LeBron can produce numbers wise at year 19 and, you know, 32, eight, nine, one night, 31, 12, eight, one night, you know, still doing it and still doing it. And I go, well, you know, with that, you come, you know, he has been what he is right now, everywhere he's went, the old rumors are starting. It's year four here and it's in a bad situation, the worst situation. Um, but the Lakers were like that team that like, came out before the season thinking like, oh, wait till you watch out. Look who we got. Look. And I, and I told my, my partner, was like, was like the I said, 
the Laker roster was built by like a guy that watches a lot of basketball but doesn't know anything about basketball. It's like, dude, we'll get rim protectors. We'll get Jordan. We'll get Howard. We'll be blocking shots. We'll get Melo. Melo will just be hitting threes off the bench. Westbrook, man, he'll be doing triple doubles every night. LeBron, dude, this team, and it's like that's how they're built. And and that's that's they're in bad shape. And even if they're all healthy, I still think they're a middle of the pack team at best. Their ceiling is maybe being a, you know, weird first round matchup for a high seed, and that's their ceiling. But they can't play in a seven game series. They can't go. They can't go six and four in a last ten. You know, a last ten yeah. that that goes all year long. They can't go six and four in one of those. Yeah. They could win the 2011 NBA championship. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And maybe the 13, because that one was a strike year. <laughs> was that the strike year or 12? A 13, right? No. Oh, 12. man. I don't even remember. I think 13. Anymore. That was the Lynn Sanity year. Oh, God. oh yeah. That's right. That was That's 12. Nice. 11, 12 was a strike year. Jason, do you ever get to talk Cleveland sports out there? Yeah. Well, especially Browns, right? Because okay. even though we're, uh, we're talking AFC West. We're we're Rams Chargers centric for where we're listening from. Uh, you know, we're all through San Diego and Orange County. If anybody's listening up through there, it's a it's a it's a large signal. So we have the benefit of talking about that and mostly AFC West. But because the Browns were are such on the map, and there's so much to talk about around Browns football, especially this year with the Odell and the Baker and the and, and all the things and the you know the flattening the flat lining of the expectations that that happened um yeah you know we we talked a lot about it because they were supposed to be a major player so i, I did get to talk quite a bit about all of the um you know kind of stages i would call it in, in brown's season this year it was like it had stages and uh um yeah well, how would you define those stages what's that how would you define those stages? Well, I think those stages at first were obviously high, you know, high expectations that were, you know, to the naked eye in the beginning were were delivering. You know, I think in the if you would say the first third, maybe close to fourth section of the this the the season, we were everybody was going along. Yeah, this is great. You know, I mean, when we go in and even a game we lose. In in L.A. to the Chargers, we're thinking, well, the Chargers are going to be great because everybody's saying they are, too. And we just played a really great game. We should have won that one. And and so even with a couple of, you know, Chiefs early losses, these were optimistic losses early with the wins that were tied in against yeah. Chicago and Houston. And, and, and so I think that was a stage that kept, you know, and so when – you know, it kind of took a hard left turn uh, really quick in that Cardinals game. Yeah. And people kind of took back for a second. And then that, that hard turn took another jerk. It was like the pirate ride. Remember that? And, just, and then, just, and then the, 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 uh, the, the game, the, the season just all of a sudden started taking these dark, dark hallway jerks back and forth. And before you knew it, we were in this Packer game, but it's still a chance to win this division going out. And all the mess of Odell and everything else, uh, and it just that performance on Christmas was almost like, you know, uh, hey, we brought the nails and the and the hammer and the coffin to our own, you know, season. Let's all go chip in here. Here's a hammer for you. I just pass the hammer around the team. 
and they just hammered it in their own coffin. That, um, that was the final stage of grief. That was the that final stage. <laughs> exactly. Was, See, you know where I was going with that. Absolutely. <laughs> I needed a little help. We, we, yeah, we had gone through the anger. We had gone through the bargaining. We'd gone through the depression. <laughs> right. And finally on Christmas, that was acceptance for the Browns. And which has made the Cavs, what they're doing, so much more special, right? Like, right. you know, un, there's a some bright spot to the fact that, um, you know, we we got to really get entertained, uplifted, and we weren't conned. I mean, we're we're 20 games out of the season, and this team is a you know high seed right now still. And what they did was they didn't just go do the old Cleveland thing, maybe that we would have done. And when Rubio went down and and Sexton yeah. went down, just go, hey, we're just gonna try to just win as many as we can as guys just fall. And you know, no, they went out and they they got Rondo, and I think that was a great move with all the size and the length and what he can do when a Playoff game grinds to a slower pace, which they always right. do every night. Rondo and those bigs, man, if they're working, if they're working right now, uh, because at some point you got to go, what's going to be our basically our playoff eight or nine, right? I mean, you know, you yep. can be as deep and have all these bodies, but when you go in healthy, who's going to be our top eight minute getters and maybe a ninth, depending on, you know, how we decide we're going to play matchups, but rarely. You know, you'll ever see any team play 10 guys consistently over a seven game series. There might be a game or two or 10 or 11 getting the get minutes. Um, but, you know, uh, so Rondo with those bigs running pick and rolls as the great game slows down and there's more half court possessions than just yeah. flying up and down, firing threes in, in transition type possessions, I think is a big key. And uh I, I think that this team knows and believes that they can beat anybody in a seven-game series because over the, the the chunk of periods of seven, ten, twelve, fourteen days against good basketball teams, they've they've come out on the positive side of the ledger a lot of nights, down guys in a lot of circumstances, playing good teams. They've done it on the road. They can win on the road, which you have to be able to do in the playoffs to be you know. Uh, good in a series, consistent in a series, be able to create a long series as you got to. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, they're well coached. They believe in Bickerstaff. I think last year went a long way when, you know, he put his foot down and demanded a Christmas practice. And some guys were like, Christmas, yeah, we're going to practice on Christmas. If you guys aren't good enough to play on Christmas (laughs) because the network don't want you to, then you're going to practice good until you're good enough to play on Christmas. And so I, I liked that. And I thought, that even though, you know, the wins and losses weren't much last year to speak of, it was a culture-building moment. And uh, here we are. Now, Jason, you guys obviously just had the Super Bowl in town, which, you know, hosting a big event in L.A. is not a big deal. But what is kind of wild is having a team like the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. What was it like? Was that kind of strange to have that other team in Ohio out there on the big stage, out there in L.A., a team that, you know, has had just a, a woeful past, as as our Browns have as well, but uh, that you've seen up front and so close over the years to see them on that big stage out there in L.A. What was that like? Hey, man, you know, I, I never thought I would ever say it. If you would ever put me in a position to say you're, you know, you're 49 years old, you've been a Browns fan twice your whole life, uh, <laughs> two different times, 
uh, you've you know you've known what the Beng you know you've known the Bengals uh, since you know playing them, Kenny Anderson. All that. Yeah, I would if you were to say, hey Thomas man, Hyacin. yeah, hey man, in twenty twenty two, you know when you thought you had a team that could go to the Super Bowl, you guys flopped, and the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, and all that. I would I would sit there and go, oh God, that would make me throw. I would sit there and tell you that's the worst thing I've ever heard. That is just awful. I can't imagine it. But now what when we got here and this season got here and you know, I like Joe Burrow. How do you not like a kid? He's a southern Ohio kid. He steps yeah. up to the plate for his community and the, you know, kind of Appalachian area and, and where he grew up and and uh, you know, how he handled all of his business in college. The fact that he was just, hey. You know, they're not going to play me at Ohio State. Great. I, he didn't make any stinks about it. He just, you know, was, hey, I could go down to LSU, see what I can do down there. And he just quietly wins. And uh, the way the Bengals kind of just, you know, created that team over the, the season, and you saw it kind of develop, and you sit there, and a lot of times, uh, you know, you look at some of the other opponents that are there a lot, a lot of times, or who, whoever's there, you know, Buffalo would have been a nice story. But you sit there and go, hey, this is a – it's a nice story, you know. I mean, these guys are going to beat the Chiefs. Are you kidding me? And so by the time they got to L.A., me as a Browns guy that never thought he'd like to see the Bengals do anything, um, I had a little soft spot in my heart and my stomach, and I was kind of rooting for him. I was also rooting for the Rams. I said on my show, I go, hey, man, this is a, you know, either team wins here. I'm cool with it. Um, I would have liked to see. Oh, come on. Win. You can't play both sides. Which well, team I mean, I didn't have any stake. Were you rooting for the Rams? I despise. Like a lot of times I was just like, I don't want to see Brady win another one. I mean, I was right, clearly right. rooting for the chiefs to repeat. <laughs> and then, you know, there was other Super Bowls where I'm rooting against a team. At least I'm at least rooting against. I was rooting against both teams. You had Odell and then yep. you had the Bengals yeah. and I didn't want to see anybody win. Yeah. I, no, I was just hoping I, both yeah, teams. The Odell thing fun. was a little tough to swallow, but yeah, um, yeah. you know, but it, it just—it's it, another thing that tells you that the Browns have steps they still have to take. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I, I haven't, you know, uh, burned the house down with this Browns team or Baker at, at all yet. I mean, you know, are there, are there things that Stefanski and Baker have to address and, and maybe get into a little bit more of a reality-based life? about how his limitations are. As a are. Browns fan and a Browns fan that's on Twitter, there is no such thing as a reality-based life <laughs> in, in, in Browns and Browns fandom or anything around the Browns for that matter. You know that as well as anybody. Yeah, I know. I, we're, on, we're on the same threads and see the same things, right. and uh, there's no doubt. I mean, I, but, I mean, is Baker the guy? Do you think Baker's the guy? I think he can be. I think. I yeah, think there's another would, out. There's another out. You're going to no, take every I mean, out. Look, every if, off I mean, ramp. If, you're gonna I, take I would sit there. I would trade him. If there was a deal to be done, I'd trade him for Russell Wilson yesterday. Yeah. If you asked me, no. right? If you asked me for some opinions of who would you rather have? Aaron Rodgers or, or you know, Deshaun Watson? No, I don't mm-hmm. want to have to experience something that comes down the pike later. I'll take my <laughs> chance with Baker. Aaron right? Rodgers. Would you take Just, Aaron Rodgers? Right now, if Aaron Rodgers said, I'm going to come to Cleveland next year, sure. Of course, I would take Aaron Rodgers, even if it was a one-year rental or two-year rental. There's no guarantee that Baker Mayfield is going to win another playoff game. He may have won his only playoff game. Maybe he'll win more. I'm just saying. you know. And as, as, as many times as Aaron Rodgers has gotten shipwrecked in his own stadium, he's done it. He's... You know, you get to the NFC title game, you get to a divisional title game, 
that means anything can happen. And, and uh, yeah, I would put him in a Browns jersey tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, and I would root against him in any other jersey. <laughs> Absolutely. As you should. If he was in the Super Bowl in any other jersey, I'd root against him. But I would put him in a Browns jersey tomorrow for Baker Mayfield, of course. And that's not a knock. I'm not trying to sit there and go, you know, like you're killing Baker Mayfield. Wrong, you're a hater. You're an absolute hater. Baker Mayfield hater. wrong this year. A lot of things were done wrong. Do you have any Browns jokes queued up for Sunday? You know, I I don't have any really. Uh, nice. No, yeah, no. You know, I that's think a welcome that, change. Yeah, I think that uh, you know, I've I've I've, I've had a, a nice allotment of them. If something really good enough were to come along in the moment. Uh, then maybe, but no, I mean, I've got some, some different kind of sports material that'll, that'll dive into, you know, a, a lot of what I'm talking about, which is kind of, you know, getting through post, you know, during and post and, and, you know, a lot of the different experiences, uh, me, my wife, life has put us through and everything that w- is going on, but no, I don't have anything really on the Browns. Uh, you know, are you going to be cooking? I'm, on I'm hopeful. I'm still hopeful. I'm still optimistic. I think it, it's, you know, as bad as a season as it was, it was a good, bad season, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, wait, wait, what does that mean? A good, bad a season. Good, bad season. It, it was meaning crap. That, meaning that most times as a Cleveland fan, when you would experience yeah. debacle-type symptoms that we did and the things that we had gone through, we would have finished 2-14 and 14 or 3-13. and 13. Okay. And what I'm saying is, is right. we still had enough – that 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 at least tells me it, it lets me breathe a sigh of relief to be like all the things that went wrong and all the disasters from any PR situation from Baker's injury to Odell's whole situation to anything else that was static. Uh, it's nice to know we at least have top tier talent that at least got us to eight and nine as bad as this thing was. Counterpoint. You know, Counterpoint, we're like, not, drunk, that, we're like the drunk out there who hasn't really bottomed out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we <laughs> hope that somebody can step in before we do and just be like, look, we got so much to accomplish. We need an intervention right now, nice. an intervention before we bottom out. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jason, so Sunday, hilarities, back where it all started. Yeah. We, we were looking at the picture you sent out on Twitter. And so me and me and Chris are, you know, around your age. Nick is the uh, our young residence co-host here. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, Tom, Tom last week, Jason, last week, oh. he didn't know who Ricky Henderson was. Oh, my God. You know oh, who Ricky God. Henderson is. Oh, correct? my God. You should you know, know Rick. I don't care how young you are. You should know Ricky in third person. That's what they told me. Right. Third person, Ricky. Ricky knows Ricky. Everybody Ricky should know knows Ricky. Ricky. Ricky knows Ricky. Ricky. <laughs> Ricky tired. Ricky forty two. He tired. Yes. Oh, Jason Tom Green. Tom Green on the the uh, the show with you, or he was coming. No, up no, next. no. Those were just the day. So I was doing tonight. Jason Lawhead. I think yeah, it yeah. says next week. Uh, this week, Adam Ferrara. Next week, because I was doing a night before Thanksgiving, and I think the wow. next act was the Friday and Saturday after Thanksgiving, and then Tom Green. It said was next week. So it was just. A cool because my name was up for that night. Tonight. You got top billing over him at that time. Yeah, I mean for that day. And the cool right. thing was, is you know that's where I started. That's where I worked. I worked yeah. there on the. I was on the opening staff when that place opened 
in 03, fall of 03, end of summer no 03. Yeah. And that's when you could drive down that street. That was the first place in there. There was still like old wig shops and pawn shops. And that was like a <laughs> cobblestone road down that little alley. I mean, it was bad. Oh, right? This is 03. It was bad. And uh, I mean, you know, I mean, House of Blues wouldn't come in for another four years after the, uh, I think, after uh, Pickwick opened. So, uh, so yeah, it was kind of cool because you could drive down there at the time. And this is actually a really cool story. When LeBron got drafted, I, you remember right before his rookie season started, there was that great commercial of uh, all the legends in the church, right? LeBron, King James, George Gervin, oh, yeah. Jerry West, yep. they were up on the altar. And then yep. LeBron came in to be anointed King James at the end. Well, they shot that commercial in Cleveland at the old – at an old, not the old stone church, but another old church right outside of downtown and like near Ohio city or something. I forget the name of the church. And so they brought all these legends in. So there's a night, it's a Sunday night guy by the name of John Knight from Pittsburgh is headlining Sunday night. Kind of like I'm going to be headlining this Sunday night. And the show had already started seven 30. I was on the staff. I wasn't on the show that night. I was working in the dining room. I was like assistant manager. And that's when the cars would pull up, and I went out into that front window, which now looks out to the just the walking traffic street at Pickwick. And I look out, and I walk up there, and we had a Bo Diaz, the, the armed Cleveland security cop that was on duty almost every night. He was standing there. I walk up, a cab pulls up, door opens, Dr. J walks out, steps no. right out of the thing, and then a woman gets out of the other end of the cab, and he's there dressed to the nines. And I turn around to Bo, and I go, "Dude, Dr. J." <laughs> Just pulled up in front of Pickwick and Frolic. And that, and Bo Diaz, who's far away, can't see because you, if you have to be in the room and then looking right, you know. So he's just kind of, he's like, bullshit. I can swear on this show, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Bullshit, it's the internet. Dr. J. And so, Bo, if you've ever been to Pickwick, there's the little, like, uh, first area you open doors into, like a little lobby, and then you open doors into the restaurant. So he goes, through the restaurant doors, and as he goes through the restaurant doors, Dr. J's holding the glass doors from the street open for the woman. He about faces, turns right back around, he goes, Fucking Dr. J's right there. I was like, Dude, I told you, Dr. J is here. So Dr. J comes in, he goes, Hey man, I heard there's comedy here tonight. I'm like, Yeah, well, the show just started, but you know, and I'm freaking out. Nick's not there, the owner. I'm like, the head guy that night i'm like an assistant manager but i'm running sunday night it's a slow night there isn't that many people in the show dinner's already over so i take dr j down with his with his nice lady friend and he goes hey can I, you could smoke indoors still back then and you could actually smoke in the martini bar cigars but you couldn't smoke cigars or cigarettes in the showroom on sunday night it was no smoking so he goes hey can i smoke a cigar down in the show and i'm like well you're not supposed to but i'll tell you what i'll sit you a little further in the back i'll get you taken care of you can smoke a cigar so unbelievable. You're, not, you're not telling dr j no right so he yeah. goes in watches the whole show the great thing was is we had a waitress. i'm like i called nick at home i'm like dr j's here he's like just make sure he doesn't pay for anything you know he's like 
get the camera because that's back before cell phone cameras like, <laughs> camera we had a, like a little digital camera he's like get the camera i'm like it's locked in a cabinet from another manager i didn't have she has a key <laughs> i saw we never even got a picture of dr j because the the, the, oh. the the little digital camera was locked in like a <laughs> drawer that i didn't have a key to there was no other key left around so uh but he was so cool so he was so cool this is a cool part of the story so it gets around after the show and the lights come on and people start walking out. You could see some dudes. They were just like, dude, that's Dr. J. They would be like saying hi to him. There was maybe not even a hundred in the show that night, but people were lingering around and they were saying hi to Dr. J. And John Knight was selling CDs for $10 a piece. This is a great story. And he, and he goes, he, Dr. J finally has people dispersed and there's only a few people left. He starts walking out because now we got him an area in a martini bar to keep drinking some cognac and smoking some cigars. And he walks out to John Knight and John Knight sees him at the at the table there. And John Knight just goes, I've never done this before, but would you sign one of my CDs for me? <laughs> right. Is, is the, you know, and Dr. J goes, yeah, man, absolutely. Well, first Dr. J was like, he was like, first Dr. J was like, uh, how much? Uh, how much for one of the CDs? And the guy was like, "Oh, you could, you could, you could have the the CD if you want. I just would you sign one for me?" And and Dr. J at first was like, "How much do you sell them for?" And he was like, ten dollars." And Dr. J gave him a ten and took a CD. And then the guy goes, "Would you still sign?" I've never asked anybody. Would you still sign it? And he signs it. And Dr. J as Dr. J signs it, he goes to hand it to him. He goes. Ten dollars, <laughs> it was just great to see a living legend so cool and calm. Just be like, and he had he had a cigar in his mouth. He was like, "There you go, ten dollars." And then everybody laughed, dude. It was great, and he hung out. Yeah, awesome. And my dad even got to meet him because my dad and mom had valeted there that night. I get him a free valet at Pickwick, and they went down to Playhouse Square to watch a play. So when they came back to get the valet, Bo, the cop upstairs, was like, "Hey, don't leave." Jason, because they were they were gonna leave. My mom was like, "Tell Jason we said goodnight." We'll talk. He's like, "Dr. J's down there in a the martini bar." So my dad got to go down. Who was a you know Hall of Fame Ohio high school basketball coach, coached at Lorraine Catholic for thirty seven years, and grew up you know wow. watching wow. Russell and Baylor and Oscar and all those guys into Dr. J, and they got to sit and talk. And Doc was talking about basketball and. I got to, I was working a little bit, so I'd come back into the area for a minute. And he talked about the fight with Bird, but how he loves Bird and how it was just a great competitive rivalry. He talked about why he took number six when he went to Philly. It was an honor of Bill Russell um, after leaving 32. And he was so cool, man. He, he uh, The staff came one by one, and he would sign autographs for all the different cooks and dishwashers that were still working and then all the people. Great guy. guy. Just unbelievable guy. You always love it when the legends are, are actually cool. You oh, know? Right. That's build. That's fabulous. That is awesome. All right. So our next segment, we do Cavs trivia. Okay. To, to win Labatt and a GV art shirt. I don't see, I don't think our, we have a contestant in the green room here. I think we should just let Jason play. Jason, would you like to play? I'll play Absolutely. And then I'll donate uh, or I'll drink. I'll come in. I'm coming into town for a week. I'll drink the beer. Yeah, I'll bring yeah. you a case of Labatt to Hilarities. I'll drink the beer. Yeah. Bring it to Hilarities. Yeah. Like if you guys want a table or something, you can make it out that night. You just let me know. I'll, I'll take care of it. Whether you got, whether I win the beer or not. 
<laughs> I may not win this. Look at pro quo here, right off Yeah, yeah Chris, just like every contestant ever, man, already yeah. buttering it up before we start. <laughs> Let's do it. Who wants to be a billionaire with Jason Lawhead? So I feel like these are actually kind of tough. So you as a uh, Cav savant, I feel like you're going to do all right here. So this is how it works. So why not? I, I think you could be all right. Each yeah. week, contestant gets their chance. Cavs trivia. We start off with cash for a Labatt six pack. All right. And then you can move on to a 12 pack to a case. And then one final question for a case and a GV art shirt. Oh, are you ready? Okay, let's give it a shot. All right, hold on. Let me cue up the epic music again. Oh, I like the first question. It's almost made for him. What's that? The very first question. Oh, yeah. All right, here we go. It's almost made for Jason himself. So, All right, qu- <laughs> question one. Turns out. Oh, Jason, and if you get stuck, you can use a lifeline. We'll call them. They have five seconds to answer after we read the question. You can call, call Dr. J. Call Dr. J. Yeah. <laughs> Question sure one. His number, right? Six pack of Labatt. The Cavs traded Tarion Prince in a second round pick to Minnesota this summer. Who did Cleveland receive in the deal? Rubio. That's right. Boom. One for one. Confident. You talked right about him game. enough that I figured I figured you'd be all over that one. I like Rookie's game. Always have. Yeah. yeah. All right, you got a six-pack. Would you like to move on for a 12-pack? Sure. <laughs> Question Why? number two. For cash for a 12-pack of Labatt, which team did the Cavs eliminate from the playoffs in three consecutive seasons from 2016 to 2018? Three consecutive seasons from 2016 to 2018? That is correct, sir. I like I like you going through the question, taking your time. Sometimes we'll have people come on here; they'll be like, "No, no, no, do it, do it right away." I mean, somebody somebody might shout Celtics real quick, correct? You know? And then we have to kick them off air, right? But I think it's the Raptors, and I'm going to say the Raptors. That is correct, LeBron. Is correct. The Toronto Craptors. <laughs> Alrighty, are we moving on for a 24 pack? I don't know. It's a lot on the line, Jason. Would you like? But to you just it just doubles it right down from no eighteen. You guys go right for the triple dog there, huh? Twenty four. You That's go right. twelve to twenty four. <laughs> you don't mess around with that. Extra I, I like your chances on this one too. I like your All chances right. on this one. Yeah. Okay. Is, oh, I like the chances on the last two. Is, obviously, I think the last the game, two. You go for it all the way. Right? I, I I've got my money on you here, Jason. I like okay. both of these questions. They set up well for you. Okay. Alrighty, for cash for a 24-pack of Labatt, the Cavs play the 76ers this Friday. In 1986, the Cavs traded Roy Hinson to Philadelphia for the 76ers' first-round draft pick. Who did the Cavs select with that pick? Well, they took Brad Doherty. Wow. Boom! 
That was All easy. Right. I'm that feeling good about it. Very yeah. nice. Very nice. I loved Roy Henson. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we got Brad Doherty, but I was uh, right. I was like probably in fifth, sixth grade, uh, went fifth, like fourth, fifth, sixth grade in those years Roy Henson played. We used to go to the Coliseum a lot. I loved Roy Henson. The next question has me bothered, though, I'll tell you. Oh, Dave, really? How do we have this as the final question? Hold on. Let me, I, mean, I don't look at this. Yeah, number, one, it. number one, it's it's fairly easy. Number oh, two, it's, it's bad karma. Easy. Yeah, it's super easy and it's bad karma. But I mean, Jason, if you don't get this, I don't I don't know what to tell you. Okay. You will get this, no problem. Dave, are you gonna read this one? I assume you're going for it for a twenty four pack and a GVR shirt. Yeah. I mean, come okay. on. <laughs> I'll, I'll go ahead and read. I'll read it. Yeah, I would yeah, still yeah. do this. I love trivia and sports so much. I would still do this that if I got this right, I had to give you money. I'd still be like, okay, just ask me. To pay. <laughs> you need to change this. Even if you were like, okay, to pay us, you know, the pre- I'd be like, okay, just get to the question already. Let's go. All right. The Cavs play the Hornets on Wednesday. Charlotte's owner, one Michael Jordan, had one of his most iconic moments against Cleveland in the 1989 playoffs, if you were under a rock for the last 30 yeah. some odd years. <laughs> Which Cavs guard did Jordan make the shot over at the buzzer to win the series? Oh, jeez. Come on, guys. Ask me another one. That was horrible. Yeah. I, why did Nick I didn't write that? it. I didn't write it. Craig who, Elo. Who was to the know. right of Craig Elo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, my right or his right? His right. Like the viewer's right or Craig Elo's right? If you're Craig Elo, who is okay. to your right? I think Nance didn't get into help quick. They, I think they paused, and I think it's Nance. I have to look it up. <laughs> no, because I, I think when I've watched that film before, they, what they should have said, Nance should have been the first defender sent to him outside yeah. the three-point yeah. line or at least that so nance's length always should have, they thought elo was long enough to at least deny and at least you know stay straight up and get a good hand in his face and you saw how long the hang time difference was on that frame to frame oh but, it was nance yeah because yeah, nance that was the you if uh, any coach you don't have to be like that's where the matchup was a final shot jordan you should have been sending Nance and, and sending him sooner. And I think he was just – they were they just paused and he was late. And I don't think – I think Nance and that defense thought that Jordan would take a couple more dribbles and try to dig into the heart and get closer into that free throw broken line area to get off a, a you know, a, a one-step kind of fadeaway tongue out. And Nance would be there and help. And, it, and, and he, he took that – one, two power, boom, and he pulled up from in between the key and the line. And never Nance never had a chance to get over it. The rest is history. Mark, Mark Price said something similar about that play when he was on the yeah. show. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pretty much exactly how he broke it down. Yeah. Okay, man, Seriously, yeah. That. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that, and the, but they what they should have did was is they should have had Nance just out denying him from the start out high. And if and if Jordan was able to break behind him going to the basket, you still had some length and and hot rod and Doherty or Elo. There is where Elo you send Elo to meet him on the break, bump him, and see if you get a bad pass or something that you got to squeeze him into the corner. If Pistons would have squeezed him into the corner. He would have been shooting from like the last chair on the bench. 
You wanted <laughs> you wanted Kevin Love just locking down Steph Curry. Yeah, that, <laughs> right. I mean, hey, uh, the, the the greatest play he's made as a Cavalier yet, yet this far. But what a season he's having, man! I, I'm I, I'm I've been a I believe me, I was a big critic of Kevin Love for many years uh, uh, that he was in a Cavs jersey. I gave him his due in those last couple of big games that they needed to win against Golden State down 3-1. He he just went out and just did everything that he was capable of doing without really being a scorer. And uh, and now what he's doing this year, he's a big ingredient to why these guys are really good. I mean, if he's not sixth man of the year, then that, that the, award, the award shouldn't exist. Couldn't agree more, man. Jason Lawhead, Sunday, headline at Hilarities. Go check it out. We're excited. Yeah, come on man. down. Call the club. Go online. Tickets are uh, 15 bucks a piece. There's still some tickets left. It's a big venue. We're going to have a great crowd, though. A lot of people have already bought some tickets, so uh, I'm looking forward to coming back. And I haven't performed there since, like, uh, you know, right before my, my wedding, which it was back there, but that was a, a few months before the pandemic and everything went crazy. So I've, I've popped in, I've done a couple guest sets when I've, when I've come to town to do some corporate gigs since, uh, you know, in the last year and a half, but, uh, this will be the first headlining set I've done since, uh, you know, September of 2019. So I'm, I'm itching to do it. I can't wait to get back. And you know what the bummer is that I, I, I booked this. My tickets went on sale. Flights were already bought. I, the reason I picked like this whole thing is this week and everything. I, I have a corporate gig on the 12th, but I was like, I'm going to do hilarities on the 6th. I go to the Raptors Cavs game at three o'clock shows at seven. Nice. What happens after I already, because of me, because that's who, just my life. NBA flexes this to prime time. So the game's during my show. <laughs> I can't go to the game. I'm going to probably lose some people that are like, oh man, traffic's going to be crazy down there. I'll catch you next time you're in. Yeah. You know, like, uh, it's yeah, like, twice yeah. on that deal. Yeah. Yeah, man. So I don't even get to see the game. I was like, oh, this will be perfect. Three o'clock game. I got a couple hours before showtime. Get a nice meal. It's right by the arena. Everything's great. And then boom, literally, boom. like three weeks after my tickets were on sale, the NBA went in and, and took that game. Well, you know what? Maybe Dr. J will show up. So, yeah, I got that story forever. <laughs> That's right, Jason. Appreciate the time, man. Uh, we kept you way too long, but this was this was fun. Nah, this was fun. You guys are awesome, man. Keep it up, and uh, you know, go Cavs. And hopefully, uh, you know, next time we talk, we're talking about uh, an NBA championship or even a Finals appearance. Oh, let's go. Let's do it. Hey, look, man. Anybody in the? It's anybody's in the East right now. That's right. Jason, appreciate you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Have fun. We'll see you Sunday. All right. Take care, man. Jason Lawhead, everybody. Good stuff. Heck yeah, that was great. Go check him out at Hilarities Sunday, 7 p.m. during the cast. (laughs) (laughs) How great is that? You could stream you could stream the game too on Bally. That's right. That's right. Sit, sit, get a table. Stream the game, watching Jason. Do it all. Good stuff. Quick on the headlines. Let's go. Cleveland Headlines brought to you by our friends TSE Cleveland. Look out for those show tweets to be eligible to win weekly giveaways with the Big Play Reflog Show. Get those jerseys autographed. They have a ton of stuff out there. 
$50, $60. You can get something from one of your favorite players for pretty, pretty cheap there. So check them out. Tonight we are giving away a Wyatt Teller signed 8 by 10 And the winner is... Trey Young at Trey underscore Young 34. Hopefully that's a different Trey Young. Not the Hawks player, unless he's a big Browns fan. Yeah, you never know. We'll yeah. gladly send him the Wyatt Teller picture. Then. That's right. Congratulations to Trey Young taking home the Wyatt Teller 8x10 signed photo. Hang that up in the room or in the living room mantle, wherever you want to do. All right. We we talked a lot of calves, or Jason talked a lot of calves. Yeah, Jason just rocking the uh the the radio. He he could go for hours now. Yeah, true professional. Um, are we worried though about Darius Garland? So we didn't think he was going to be out this long. Evan Mobley was out there. Tom Withers tweeted it out that Mobley says he wants to pick up the scoring with Garland out. Wants to be more attack minded. We look lost. We look we, out of sorts. We lo- we, we lost yeah. again tonight for anybody yeah. who hasn't seen. The offense looks completely out of sorts. I know we came back the other night and pulled out a nice victory, but really since the All-Star break, we have not looked like ourselves, and hopefully we can snap out of it. It's pretty disheartening to put up this kind of a performance like we did tonight against Minnesota at home where you have a little bit of momentum after the last game and just come out flat again, and I got to believe – that's because we don't have Darius Garland in there really giving us the spark that we're used to. And hopefully he's going to be back here soon because we look like a different team right now. Yeah. You saw it with load management, like before load the management, one of our favorite terms <laughs> before the all-star game, when he was out, you're like, Oh, this team is way different without him. Yeah. And we have no more guards left. So nope. that doesn't help. No tryouts tomorrow. Rocket mortgage arena. Come on Nick. out. If you're a guard in the Cleveland area, come on out at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Cavs could use you. That's right, Nick. You you got to forego your eligibility with Dennis Gates at CSU and go straight to the Cavs. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I'd be available for that, too. Give me a I, – I probably – I don't know if they'd want me, though, because I need probably a night or two in, in the G League to get my wind and get my legs under me before we get to the get to the real thing. I'd love to see them send you load management, just plain (laughs) Oculus. Me and Dylan Windler, me and Dylan Windler down there at the Wolstein Center, just scrapping it up. I want to see you down there with Taco Fall, just trying to figure out how to get a shot up over him. I'd figure it out. Figure it out. No problem. Nick, what's the latest with uh, the the MLB lockout? Let's move on to a little baseball. We haven't talked baseball, and we probably won't for for quite some time. Uh, Are you trying to do baseball cards? No, no, we won't do baseball cards tonight. I'm just giving you some baseball music there, Dave. Yeah, there we go. I feel like the uh, the intro all over again. Um, Nick, any updates with what what the heck's going on with the MLB lockout? The last I checked, which was a while ago, because it was before the show started, it it seemed like they were still in the damn meeting. So they've literally been negotiating since early this morning and all the way up until an hour ago. 
things are still ongoing. It seems like there was a little bit of movement. I know some people like there's two extremes to me like this last week. Like some people are so upset that are like, oh, my God, like we're not going to see baseball until 2024. And then there's some people that are like, oh, this all blows over and we're like playing ball next week. I think the, the reality is probably somewhere in the middle. Do we lose a couple games? Maybe, but it does seem like we're we're going to have baseball this year. They just got to get over everything. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, we should bring in a guest if the if the lockout is still going on from like the 94 season, like a was it like Carlos Baerga on the team then, I believe so, when they were supposed to be so good and then we just didn't yep. have any baseball. It was us and the White Sox. And it was the first time really in our yeah. lifetime, Dave, that the Indians were good. Oh, yeah. That yeah. was the first time in our lifetime. And sure enough, Nick, it's amazing. The, the Indians, if you put yourself in our shoes, been Indians fans our whole life. They've been just a joke. They made a T or they made a movie about how bad the Indians were in major league. I mean, yeah. that's how big of a joke they were. We finally get good out of nowhere. And the strike ends the season when we're closing yep. in on the White Sox. It was the, uh... unbelievable. The history books haunt me on that one. I th- That is one. There are certain things that like just from a historical context, I wish I could have been alive to see. I wish I could have been alive to see pain? Bernie. I, I for, Yeah, truly. J- and just for like some of the historical context, like the move. I kind of wish I was alive for the move just to like it You're hurts me guy. in a different way. I am. I, w- I, am I wish I would have been there for the drive and the fumble. And oh, red, right. 88, too. Why not? I, th- I think like it would Nikki. make I think it yeah, I want to. I think it would make like kind of what goes on now where we're we're kind of on the upswing. We would like to hope would be a lot sweeter. It would have made 2016 a lot sweeter when the Cavs finally won the championship. The Indians were in the World Series. I don't know. I I look back on that 94 team that everyone, you know, kind of speaks so highly of like damn that what a time. <laughs> what what a time. <laughs> Like, like just like all I, yeah, all I could do is imagine like myself now, like what would I be like if, you know, if the guardians this year, like it's kind of the same thing, but different. Cause what if the guardians this year were good and then there was no season, I'd be like, this sucks. (laughs) Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Guardians were good and we didn't have a season. You'd be like, this sucks. That's that's a breakdown. I, I right there, that you can't go anywhere else and get that kind of for break. more. But no, no I, I think that that summed it up right there. Yeah, that's I mean, good. especially yeah. depending on how they do this, like are, are is Major League Baseball costing us the last season that we have of Jose Ramirez in a Cleveland uniform? I don't know. It's the curse of the Guardians. We're never gonna play as the Guardians. Could you imagine they make us change back? Like we'll start. We'll make us. I don't know. Would that be part of the negotiation? They have to go back to being known as. Yeah, we'll start up as long as you guys take that sign that fell off down again. Uh, We're way out over our skis. Guardians here, Dave. What's going on? We 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 changed the name to the Guardians, and uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, they were like, I can't have that. Yeah, like all the owners, all the other owners and all the players, like they we've come forth with an agreement. There's one stipulation. This name change sucks. We gotta pick something else. And then we just go to like the Rockers, probably. Nick, speaking oh. of agreements, Jack Conklin reworked that final deal. Yeah. Per, per source. Uh he was he was due 12 million non-guaranteed. He's going to get eight million fully guaranteed. Puts some incentives in there. 
He's 28 heading into this season. Um, who is a that that's that's fine. That's great. Yeah. Uh, who's who's the player you want to see a deal for next? Whether it's a restructure, it's re-signing, it's long-term re-signing. Who? I mean, you've got Landry out there. You've got Ward. You've got Najoku. You've got Baker. I think Najoku and Denzel are the two super obvious ones. I think Najoku probably comes first just because his is the more immediate of the two that needs to be done. I, I've seen the numbers that are being floated out there to the to the tens of millions of that tune. I, th- I still look at David Njoku oddly going into year, what, six now of a guy, of a guy that has a lot of upside still somehow. But project still. Which is crazy because he's had some really solid moments. He's definitely a red zone threat, but I also think you cannot afford to lose him. So I would love to pay David Njoku the 10 or $11 million that he's going to get and that he, you know, very well deserves. And then I think my next move from there personally is just to cut ways with Austin Hooper post June one. I, th- I think you got to do it. You got to drop him. You eat the $3 million cap hit or whatever it is. Doesn't really matter that much. Three million in the NFL. The NFL cap is a, is a myth anyway. So get Austin Hooper off the team. Najoku is by far the better tight end all year long. So get this Najoku thing done. Then get Denzel Ward done. Then after June first, you could cut Austin Hooper. Be good to go. I like that. I like that a lot. You when you're talking about Najoku, that could have been Najoku or Baker, hand in hand. Had some yeah. flashes over the last five years. We don't really know what we have yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's true. And we'll see what happens with the quarterback position. I will say one thing for sure. And I, and I, I tweeted it last night, but it is a word of caution for everyone on their Monday evening. These reports, these rumors, they're going to start up. This is the week. The combine is going on. Look back in the last few years, any substantial NFL news, the J.J. Watt stuff last year, years before that, the Odell to Cleveland stuff, it all heats up at the combine. So just keep your eye out there. Look at the reports. Look at who's reporting it. Common rule of thumb, journalism awareness, who does the report benefit? If if you're able to answer that question, you'll know who put it out there and if, if you should take it seriously or not. So there's going to be a lot of stuff flying around this week. You could, uh, you could be sure of that. Favorite combine event, Nick 40. Gotta be the 40 Chris agreement. Three for three here. Yeah, it would be the 40. I will say Phil Taylor is kind of, he like will not stop talking about the, the bench press though. So I'm, I'm going to tune into that, but what did he, yes. what did he rep? what did he put up? Oh, I have, it was like in the he a ton. I don't know. We're, we're going to talk about it tomorrow, but a ton. Yeah. What can you ask Phil what he could run the 40 and, and could you film it if he does it? He told he told me that his 40 was actually pretty impressive for D tackle at the time because it was like the healthiest that he had ever been. Right. And it was right around like five flat, which for a big for a big guy, like that's moving yeah. on a 40 yard dash. Who so, wins uh, in a race today? You or Phil Taylor? Me. Really? Yep. All right. No doubt. I believe that. Yeah. Well, Phil had some injuries, so he has the yeah injuries. He has the Phil longer Taylor's, sides. Phil Taylor's forty-yard dash time was five point oh nine seconds. Yeah, that's see, that's bad. impressive. I I bet I could right. run. A, I bet I could run a five-five today. Who would win in a race, you or Aaron Goldhammer? 
me. His, his I've said this before. Press. I've said this before. Outside of a f- select few that have played professionally, Gerard Cherry, Dustin Fox, I am the most athletic member of the Cleveland media, for sure. <laughs> wow. Dustin. Oh, that's so sad. Dustin, Gerard, interchangeable one and two, me, third. Wow. Wow. I mean, oh, I would be no, I, no. How I'm about, 23 years old? I would just how about be like entering, Zagura. Zagura. No, Seems no like. way. He's tall, but what does that mean? Nothing. Look at we talked about, about Taco Ball. How about no? Hayden? What no. is Hayden going to do? Sing me some Christmas. He's a basketball girls? player. I take his he? ankles. No, you know who you know I'll who is athletic. You know who is no. athletic. I don't know if I would call him a media member. Is Yacht because Yacht played college basketball. Yeah, he played. Yeah. He's not big really media. Yeah. Nick, I could hit a I could hit a drive longer than you though. I will say I'll say this influencer the influencer realm of Cleveland sports would completely beat out the actual media realm of Cleveland sports in any sport in That's football true. in baseball in bowling in boxing in basketball any sport the influencers would win I think you're onto something social media influencers, influencers Olympics all like 20 <laughs> versus versus the beat reporters see we'll, we'll see all right it's time for best worst tweets we have to get out of here let's do it let's, let's do, do it, it. Boop, 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 yeah did boop. you hear that phil taylor bench press 31 reps at 225. Oh, my God. 31 reps at 225. Wow. Yep. See, now I want to seconds in the 40-yard dash. That's 16 miles per hour, by the way. He did say, too, another thing that I That's asked him sweet. about, and we're going to talk about on our show tomorrow, is he said the one thing, especially for like any position that's really not a receiver, is they look at your three cone in those meetings where they bring you in there. Like They're not really looking at the 40 or the high jump or the bench press. That's more yeah, so no, just the fans. Other, um, he said unless a guy that's like a receiver runs like a six-second 40, and they're like, oh, my God, that guy's slow as hell. Like, never mind. Like Other than that, they're really looking at the three cone and like how quick you can move in different directions kind of neat he was 334 at that time yeah all right i want to see a power walking race 40 nick (laughs) versus bill taylor bill would win for sure he's got longer stride he didn't take the wonder lick the three cone was 7.75 seconds for him he would have done well on the wonder lick i think smart the wonder lick is stupid percentage he was right in the 50 the three cone put him 50th percent he was 49.8 so he's right right in the middle wow but by size they they go by size he was in the 87th so for his size he did very very well look at that breaking down the combine we get to best and worst and get out of here or what really as you're just giving phil taylor (laughs) stats i am Yes. Uh, Chris, Chris doing my show for me. Best tweet. Oh, this is a fantastic tweet, by the way. <laughs> the whole Hugh Jackson thing. For those of you who weren't on social media today to follow this Hugh Jackson story, it's quite amazing. Art Bryles, who is the offensive coordinator under Hugh Jackson at Grambling, um, you know, is somebody that Hugh Jackson had brought in. And of course, Hugh Jackson has a foundation, which is purportedly um, to basically, you know, help out victims of, I, I think 
sexual abuse and that sort yeah, of thing. Right. Yeah. Human trafficking. Yeah. And human trafficking. That's right. Human trafficking. Human trafficking was more specific. But, you know, abuses. And, of course, Art Bryles has a history of covering up abuses uh, back when he was at Baylor. So uh, there were a lot of questions brought out. And for some reason, talk about an unforced error, not only hiring Art Bryles, but then using your foundation kind of as a shield. And he put out a letter that defended him bringing in Art Bryles. And at the end, went so far as to say, don't even bring it up, basically, because that just brings up the pain for the victims. So that was just like some mental gymnastics so that nobody brings this thing up. Well, Dan Murphy then took that opportunity to dig into the Hugh Jackson Foundation a little bit and found that in 2019, and this is the tweet, $158,000 was raised and it paid out. 115,000 of that to its one paid employee who basically runs this thing. It wasn't Hugh, it was a a lady who runs this and spent another 15 grand on travel. So they gave out roughly $4,000 <laughs> in grants ultimately. It was Scott's tots. Yes, exactly. I thought of the same thing today. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Sir Yacht had a pretty good comeback on this. Today I learned Hugh Jackson evades blame like he evades paying taxes. And uh, so Hugh has been rightfully getting it right and left and eventually is going to probably have to answer to his accounting with his taxes now. And in the latest chapter, Art Bryles is no longer the offensive coordinator. (laughs) Really? That's the wildest. Oh, man. That's the wildest thing. So here Hugh Jackson goes to the mat to defend him using (laughs) all the offensive firepower of his own foundation only to out himself as using that for tax evasion. And then ultimately, Art Bryles is out at Grambling and is ousted there despite all those efforts. And Hugh Jackson is left to pick up the pieces of his own destruction. It's just amazing. Somebody tweeted, and I can't remember who I should have retweeted it. They said, nobody steps on more rakes than Hugh Jackson. I mean, gosh, you think of the Flores so stuff. Aloof. He is just so aloof. And he has Brandon no idea. He's just like, what did we do? Like, no I can't idea. believe that the tweet is still up on the foundation yeah. Twitter. Like, they could have deleted that. Well, yeah, and they went into depth there where they said, what you failed to report is where the money came from. Hugh Jackson was the largest donor, and he personally donated over 75% of the funds. I personally donated from my salary back to the organization as well. Our records are clean. So, yes, they clearly use that as a clearinghouse to avoid taxes. Yeah, that's not what a clear record is. No, no. You know, so. it's another tweet that could have got deleted. Oh, no. <laughs> Chris, oh, what's no. the worst tweet of the week? What do we have as the worst tweet of the week? Let's see. I don't see a worst Me. tweet of the week in here. Is it Nick? Yeah. Oh, yes. It's Nick kind of uh, cherry-picking the quote from Miles Garrett from TMZ Sports, where they asked him, do you believe in Baker Mayfield? Well, Miles Garrett said a couple of things, but at the end kind of stumbled and said, I believe in the Browns. So he didn't really answer the question, but mm. I think Nick kind of left out a little bit of context there. I'll, I'll back myself up. Bit. I'll do a little Mary Kay here. A wise journalism professor once taught me. You sure are doing some Mary Kay here. <laughs> that that I sure am. I, I got 50 more minutes left in me. Uh, once told me, 
that sometimes no answer is all the answer that you need. And right there, that Miles quote, that's what I was trying to do. Obviously, the Baker bros got at me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take Miles out of context. That's why the video was included in the damn tweet. You could click on it for free. Typical Cleveland media. This is Mary Kay Cabot going, well, yeah, all the evidence is behind the paywall. <laughs> mine was free right it mine was all the evidence was your clickbait was free and people are like people are like oh he's not going to delete it because he won't get the clicks the clicks yeah. on tmz's video that i shit what did i get from that nothing i lost you, you followers got the likes, from that Nick. i got lost the followers from that i'm like what are these you're just morons? trying to put food on your table i am i'm trying to put food on my table and and you know what i've got <laughs> never mind i'm gonna chill out but but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I couldn't believe that people were mad at me about that. I didn't. I'm. I oh, will. Come not on, it was a Baker. Are Mayfield you kidding? Tweet. Of course. You, then you completely mad. took it out of context. No, yes. I did. He said, no, "Oh my you, God, Nick, you Nick, tried I to make it seem like it was journalism one hundred one. Come on." Come on. I didn't take him out. They asked him, out do you believe that Baker Mayfield could get you back to the playoffs? He, his answer was, I believe in the Browns. That was his so, answer. So your your direct quote was wrong. He right. said, I believe in the Browns. No, the first one. Do you believe in Baker Mayfield? That wasn't the question. Yes. It, it, do you believe Baker Mayfield could get you to the playoffs? I believe in the Browns. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's different than your direct quote. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't major for the clicks. <laughs> I was dying for the clicks on a video that wasn't even mine. All right, you're that's no the last time Mary I ever. Cabot. Maybe you can be in basketball or sports, but <laughs> yeah, I'm retired. I'm retired. Let's go. Ex Let's Baker get out here. Member. That's right. All right. Thank if you, you want any more clickbait, go to Nick's Twitter. Follow him at nickpadone Twelve. Thanks to Shaq News. Go check out their live Twitch streams. Check out Shaq Pets. Upload your photos of your pets and get those votes in. See who the cutest pet is in the world. Uh, go drink some. Look at these guys. Labatt Blue Light Tart Seltzers. They're new. I've been drinking them on the show. They're delicious. Go check those out. Drink Labatt Blue Lights. Go check out GV Art. Go get that Mark Price shirt that Chris was wearing. Put that up real quick. Look at that sucker. Looking good. Go to tsecleveland.com. Get some signed Browns gear. And that's it. See you next Monday. Go Browns, hopefully. Go Browns, hopefully. My God. We're out. Have a good one. Goodbye. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world. The Big Play Reflux Town. Yeah.